Welcome to the Relentless Podcast. And today we have a fiery one, a special one. We have NBA champion Andrew Bogart. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. How are you going? Good, mate. Good, good, good. So, look, dude, I, uh, I thought it was super important to get you on the podcast. You know, I, I've mentioned to you a couple of times that you've got a, a big set of basketballs on you. You're stepping up when uh, a lot of people aren't. And, uh, and I think, man, honestly, hats off to you because right now, it's, I feel like it's such an important time. I'm not normally one to get involved in things like this. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you are either, but right now, it's, uh, I feel like it's so, so important. And when you've got people like you that are stepping up when you could easily just be sitting back, you know, I think it really means something. So that's exactly why I wanted to get you on. So thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. So dude, tell me why are you so passionate about reversing this? Why are you so passionate about ending lockdowns? And I guess some of the craziness that's been happening. Oh, cause I'm, I mean, where I, where I live right now um, in Victoria at the moment, I'm kind of, you know, uh, I spend most of my time in, in, in an industrial area, funnily enough, it's kind of where my office is and whatnot. So I see just the effects of it. Um, a lot of my friends are in, either the labor force or the hospitality industry and, and it's just not sustainable what's going on. Um, now, you know, I've been critical of it because there's, there's ramifications beyond getting the virus and um, for a government that both nationally um, state, you know, even local that's pushed how important mental health is the last five or six years, that's all we've heard. That's kind of gone out the window. Um, and I guess when it really kind of, when I really got involved once you started hearing these stories about kids, um, you know, obviously self-harming, um, the kids helpline had one of its highest weeks on record a couple of weeks ago, probably still is week on week. I've seen it, you know, with family of mine that have children, um, that are in primary school and even high school. And it's just, you just can't sustain a population, um, mental well-being by continuously locking them down virus or no virus now you know on the on the flip side of that people will criticize me and say well do you want to open up and let it rip um i think there has to be a balanced argument it's not about letting everything just go back to normal um, we understand we can't do that immediately but i think we need to take some steps to at least prevent what's going on mainly with children in my opinion because um you know adults can somewhat have tools to deal with it kids kids are a whole nother another story yeah, I 100% agree. And, it, and I found it very surprising, the not only the, the, the harsh effects, of course, on mental health and, and suicide and, you know, self-harm rates, drug abuse rates, domestic violence. I mean, there's so many unseen facets that have been affected and taking place right now. But the silence, the silencing of that has been absolutely mind-blowing. You know, I, I lost my brother to suicide many years ago, and it's always been something that's... Um, been at the forefront of what I do and what I try to help people with. And, and again, what I've seen firsthand in the last two years, it's been scary, man. It's been scary. And as you just mentioned, the, the amount of calls and the amount of uh, cries for help that are taking place right now that are, and the people aren't getting served and, and helping, it's, it's really, really scary. Have you seen this, you know, firsthand amongst sort of friends and family and, and how have you been coping with it all? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen it firsthand, you know, I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've got family that as soon as the word lockdown's mentioned and they're yanked from school and they're not allowed to go to school, yeah. you know, stop eating, hiding from mum to do the homeschooling. Mm. You know, just, just you see the changes it's causing in personalities. Um, and, you know, with all this modelling that these institutes, different institutes do in Australia um, and the world, 
they do modeling for like, well, if, if, if there's a hundred cases in the community and we stay open, it's going to be a million in a week or whatever their numbers are, right? I'm exaggerating a little bit, but who's doing the modeling for mental health? Who's doing the modeling for, um, you know, the increase in domestic violence because people are stuck in their house? Who's doing the modeling for child abuse because now a child can't go to school for 12 hours and have some sort of protection? Who's doing the modeling for missed screenings for the elderly that now are not going to the hospital because they have to sign in and wear masks and, and, and get a COVID test. And they're just like, I'm just going to put it off for a year. Who's doing the modeling for that? Who's doing the modeling for delayed um, chemotherapy? I'm getting messages from people saying that their chemos are being delayed because of this, you know, where's that modeling? Um, I would argue that that's going to be more of a long-term effect that once, you know, once we get this virus under control, which I think we kind of have already, we're, we're realizing that the Delta variant at least isn't as, as harmful um, and severe towards death. I think it's still, you can still get sick from it, but the numbers aren't lying. Year on year from last year to this year, there's been a, a massive drop. Mm. How it's been reported is a whole other thing, death, deaths with COVID and from COVID, but mm. who's modeling all that other stuff? I mean, is that not important anymore? I mean, we, I have a friend of mine who his father is 84 years old, was in Noosa a couple of weeks ago and um, had to drive through New South Wales to get to Victoria. So he's called the Vic, Victorian DHS said, look, this is a situation. They said, oh, just, just try not to stop in New South Wales. Guy's 84 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a, what is that? An eight, nine, 10 hour drive, flat stick, border to border without stopping. He's 84 years old. I seem to remember a couple of years ago, Stop, Revive, Survive was a mass, massive campaign in Australia. Don't ride for more than two hours for your safety. You know, take a break. So that's gone out the window now. Mm -hmm. Don't do that anymore. All that stuff, we, we've, all the road safety message we've given and ingrained in everyone over the last 10, 15 years, not, not important. The virus is more important. If you stop in a petrol station, you might catch it, you know, and that's the kind of hypocrisy we're dealing with with governments and bureaucrats and everything. It just needs to stop. Yeah, I think you've nailed it, man. It's, it's so many of the, the rules that were previously are, are now invalid, apparently. Do you know what I mean? Like the common sense is now disappearing and so i think that's what i found so hard is that i'm looking at so much of what's happening and i'm saying wait a minute we've been told the opposite our whole lives and now you're saying that we need to just trust what you're saying because you know the the emergency measures etc cetera, etc cetera. so i completely agree and as you just mentioned the the harm is taking place i personally believe is is way more dangerous than the actual virus but what I, what I really feel is even worse than that is the way that, um, that the media is portraying it and pushing it. I mean, I just saw a, a thing this morning saying that there's a new doomsday. They called it the doomsday virus. And it's like the names are just getting more dramatic and more overhyped without any actual, you know, confirmed testing that this is the case. What are your thoughts on the way this has been pushed out to the world by different outlets and I guess the fear mongering that's taking place? I mean, you're spot on. I mean, at the end of the day, the media, um, news, news, TV, news websites, newspapers, TV shows, they're, um, you know, they get paid by advertising. So they get paid by eyeballs. If it's 5,000 eyeballs, they get paid X. If it's 50,000, they get paid double X, right? So they have an incentive to keep you glued to the TV. They have an incentive to make sure that you're what are the case numbers today? Let me let me turn on the TV. Let me turn on ABC or Sky News or Channel Seven. Let me let me let me figure out what, and that's what they're paid for, right? And you know, the, there's all-time highs in in media right now. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, um, so do the math. They, they want you tuning in. So there's a lot of fear porn. Mm-hmm. And look, if you're tuning in for the right reasons, because you're getting the, the, the truth and all the numbers, I've got no issue with it. But, you know, it's just constantly case numbers, case numbers, case numbers, you know, and, and there's a lot of detail left out. Oh, you know, a 15-year-old died of COVID. Then we find out, hang on a second, he was admitted for meningitis afterwards, a couple of days later after the fear porn, you know, they videoed him basically in a hospital bed or whatever, you know, just stuff like that. And unfortunately what that does as well with the fear porn stuff is once people get the, the full truth, so they might not be completely lying, but they might be telling a half truth. It then breeds conspiracy theorists. It then breeds people to, you know, you're questioning the narrative and then you, some people go all the way to the other side and be like, this is a grand plan to kill off the population. This is all that kind of stuff, which I don't, I'm not, I'm sympathetic to that in a way because like you're, you're boxing people to do crazy things, you yeah. know? So some people see a lie and I'm a cynic. So I, I, I think everything's a lie until I prove it's the truth. Mm. And I keep going about my merry way. I still take every case as it comes, but there's some people that find a lie or two in the media. And it's like, every time anything's reported, it's all part of this agenda and plan. And then they go off the rails a little bit themselves the other way. So mm. it's just a crazy time. And I mean, the media has a lot, you know, the fact that there's, reporters that are deemed essential to go and film people breaking the rules is mind-boggling to me so i can go i'm essential because i've got this badge i can take my camera crew to a beach and say look there's four people right there not wearing masks that's a news story Mm. i I just provided an essential service Mm. absolutely ridiculous in Mm. itself Mm. um you know that's what we're dealing with right yeah i agree and i mean i think that's one of the other confusing elements to to this whole thing is how they're defining what essential is and what isn't. I mean, again, I don't know how you can justify everybody having to stay home. You know, I own a gym chain, so all my gyms have been shut for nearly two years. Um, But then you've got construction sites, 500 people on site, shoulder to shoulder, no testing. And Union construction sites. That's right. That's right. And, And so somehow they are immune to the virus, which is just incredible. So hats off to them. But it's very confusing um, how how they are, well, it's not confusing. I know exactly how they're doing it, but it is absolutely um, filled with hypocrisy how they are selecting essential and non-essential. And I think that's that's one of the things stirring a lot of the, the anger and the protests right now. Would you agree with that? I think so. Look, I think it's the haves and the have-nots. Like mm-hmm. if you're, you know, I've, I put a tweet out months ago saying that everybody's job is essential you know if you've got a if you've got a mortgage if you've got kids in school if you need to put food on the table that your job is essential um and that's that's the hypocrisy of all of this that there's some jobs out there that that are deemed essential that are head scratching but i think everyone's job is essential at the end of the day like yes if you can stay home and have the luxury of being able to do zoom calls and and do everything from home remotely which i I have the luxury to do for the most part Um, i don't need i don't you know i'm unemployed technically right now so i have that luxury of of having finances in the bank but it's just you know if you're if you're a laborer or someone that works out on site you can't do your job from zoom you can't do it from lounge room um and it's it's just that effect again is not modeled because it might not bankrupt someone today like yourself with your gyms, you're probably treading water. You're probably in the minus just trying to keep, you know, people employed and whatever. But we won't see those ramifications probably some people, two, three, four, five, seven years. And then the pin pops and then maybe, maybe they self-harm. Maybe they do something stupid. Maybe there's a domestic violence case. We don't see those, that modeling at all. And that's an unfortunate reality. I've got, I've got friends that have lost gyms. Um, just one the other day, I had a friend had to, had to go, he's, he's, a tow truck driver, flat flatbed tri- uh, driver by trade. He went went to a gym that I know very well, and it was um, basically 
the, the equipment was given away because they couldn't, they couldn't even, they didn't have time to sell it yeah. and remove it. They didn't have money to remove it themselves and sell it. So it basically just got picked up for free mm. and you know, like it's just crazy. And that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. It's I get there's a virus. I get people are scared to go out and all that kind of stuff, but we need to, we need to start to move on. But there is a, the double standards is what, what, what it just breeds people not to be compliant. It then breeds people to not listen to the health orders. Mm. And I don't blame them to be honest, because, you know, like Queensland, for instance, right now has locked their borders completely, right? Mm. Completely They're resident, non-resident locked completely. We're overrun a hotel quarantine. Yesterday we hear a story of wags and girlfriends and wives of rugby league players being flown in on a charter jet. So all of a sudden there's what a hundred hotel rooms that opened up. And so an everyday person's looking at this like, I'm saying this as an athlete. Everyday person looking at this like, hang on a second. What I'm from Queensland. I had to, there's a lady that just had to go to a, a funeral in New South Wales. She can't get back to her house. Yeah. For two weeks at least. I mean. That's ridiculous. That's not about a virus at this point. It's, it's clearly political. Um, these premiers are using this to play petty politics. We see Andrews battling, you know, look, Gladys did it wrong. Look at New South Wales. Now it's their fault. We've got the strain and South Australia closes for one case. And then WA is going to be closed for eternity. It seems it's like we can't, we can't have Australia like that forever. And I guess for me, I don't really even blame the premiers too much. I blame the people supporting that. That's a scary thing. You know, back in history about people saying, how could someone support that or do that back in the day? Well, we have very similar instances. Of, it's not life or death right now. So I get, I get it's a long boat to draw. But we have the same people saying, yeah, you should be locked out of uh, Queensland. You shouldn't have left. We're in a pandemic. You shouldn't have left. It's like, yeah. what? But my mum, mum, mum yeah. died. I can't get back in. So um, you're right, mm. man. They're probably in the double standard. Not good. No, not at all. Not at all. And just to touch on the, the business element, you know, again, I, I mean, I felt it firsthand. All my, most of my gyms were in Victoria. And so what they're, what they're currently doing economically, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, they're bleeding out small business. And, you know, the, the, there's grants and things like that that do absolutely F all. But uh, the scary part is, is that during these, these lockdowns, you know, this is actually the the okay time. It's once you open the business again, the business has to try to rebuild and get momentum. That's when it actually has the negative impacts. And so, you know, just to see this go on for nearly two freaking years, man. And then, uh, and and like I said, this is probably going to go on another year or more, the way this is going. What do you think is going to happen to small businesses? What do you think it's, what's, what do you think is going to happen to the economy? Oh, it's not going to, it's not going to survive, but I think the middle class is going to be severely eroded. Uh, just touching on the gyms, the, the funny thing about the gyms, uh, as you'd know, being a gym owner, is they're probably the most overly sanitized uh, workplace or environment to, to go to. I get I get you don't want 100 people, um, you know, face-to-face in a gym during a pandemic, but I know for a fact, because when I was working out at different gyms, it's, it's very, very, you know, hygiene's at a, at a enormous level, even with no virus, right? You just have to, there's certain um, code of conduct you have to abide by and rules. And um, also on the flip side, it's something that's good if you do get the virus is having having health, right? So it's contradictory that gyms are closed in my opinion. I, I think most of them are big enough to at least have, you know, a quarter capacity, third capacity, but but yeah, back, back to the small business, it's just sad. Um, you know, it almost seems like if you're a big corporation and 
you know, you're, you have some sort of government support or funding, whether it's visas for your workers, whether it's you've got government contracts, they're the companies that are silent. Mm. They're the companies that are saying, well, you know, we're just going to be quiet and we'll get our little 25% capacity or 50%. They're getting by. Mm. It's the small businesses that don't give a shit about, they don't need government contracts. They can sustain themselves by themselves. Mm. They're the ones copping it. Um, and to your point of opening up, like hospitality is the same. Like people think that, um, oh, you've got a cafe or a restaurant. You know, you do, you know, you go to these cafes and restaurants now that are doing takeaway, and the lines out the door generally for takeaway. Oh, you're doing fine. You're doing takeaway. You're like, yeah, no, but the takeaway is basically treading water for me through this. Yes. And a lot of my friends are just they're doing takeaway, even though they're like, we don't make money on it. I'm doing it so I don't have to lay off staff. I'm doing it so I don't have to fire people. And I'm probably in the minus of a couple of hundred bucks to a thousand bucks a week, right? I'm just doing it to tread water. So when we open up, I didn't have to fire anyone. There's restaurants that can't do that. There's restaurants that have 100 seat restaurants. Hey, you gonna you can't? I had Paul Zimatina on a couple of weeks ago, and he has he can seat 100 plus on a full night. And he's like, the, the takeaway is doing exactly that. I'm doing it so I don't have to fire people. And that pin's going to eventually pop. Um, you know, you look at border towns, Albury, Wodonga, Coolangatta, uh, and Tweed Heads. Those businesses there are in huge trouble, even more so than we are in Victoria, because their whole trade is going over the border with each other, right? So that's banned now. Or there's an imaginary line now that you can't cross that imaginary line. Even if it's a block of housing, you can't cross it and support businesses. And I just, I don't know. They're going to push people in a corner to do silly things. And that's what you don't want. Um, I just don't see, I just don't see the end game of what, what we're trying to accomplish here because it just looks like it's going to be a two-tiered society. It's going to be you either have a shitload of money or you don't. And yeah. that middle class stream for Australians is slowly being eroded. If this goes on another year, I mean, small businesses are going to be out the window. Mm, so true. And and I think that's what, you know, a lot of people that don't understand business or may have never had a business don't understand that, you know, you have huge overheads with bricks and mortar, especially you've got your rent, you've got your staff, you've got your equipment financing, electricity, all these things. And you're right. A lot of people are doing what they can right now, whether it's takeaway or trying to move some things online to just get by hoping that this is going to end in, two weeks flatten the curve off a month or whatever it may be oh, surely surely you uh surely you got a discount on your rate bill from the government right surely you yeah. got a discount on your, on your land tax if you're paying land tax and you don't happen to own that property surely you're getting a discount on your pay gap that you're paying and your taxes surely right we're in a mm. pandemic surely you're getting a discount for all that i bet you're not i bet that bill's showing up the day it's due yeah exactly and and people are not as people are not lenient right now, you know, everyone's fighting for themselves. Business world right now is savage. It's really savage. And um, I just want to give a shout out to all the entrepreneurs listening. I've got a lot of entrepreneurs listening to my podcast. You know, if you're out there, you've put your blood, sweat and tears into building a business from nothing and you, you're copying this, I feel for you. And, uh, you know, all I can say right now is keep positive and keep fighting. And hopefully things like this, Andrew, uh, make a difference and we can get business back, uh, back up and moving. But, uh, but on that note, mate, you know, you, you've, you've stood up, you, you've, you're voicing your opinion. What sort of backlash have you seen from, uh, from just having the balls to actually step up and, and say your piece? Oh, it's good and bad. There's, a lot, there's more support than there is not, um, I'll say that. Like the, the DMs I'm getting and the messages I'm getting and, and even just going around. The other day I went to, to, to get some meat at a butcher and um, I ran into a guy and he's like, hey, big fan like i loved your video the the first one that i did and apparently it was on tiktok i'm not even on tiktok but someone obviously ripped it and put it on there and um so i was talking to him and i noticed he had a he had a council uniform on right um mm. 
So I said, man, you're supposed to hate me because I'm kind of, you're the person I'm going at because you've got your salary and you're good to go, right? You you, you don't really feel the heat. And he goes, no, I totally agree with you. Like I'm not, I work for the council, but whatever, I don't care. And that was kind of shocking to me because it felt like most government people wouldn't like my message because they're getting their paychecks, right? Mm. Um, But yeah, I I mean, there's some people that have reached out and say, I'm I'm doing this for likes and I'm doing this for, you know, whatever to promote my (laughs) podcast. It's just ridiculous. My podcast I do for free. I don't make money from. Um, I I just really feel growing up in a small business family, my father had his own business that, I can see the effects of this and I, I support a lot of small business by buying a coffee from cafes or getting a meal or whatever it is. And um, you can see the effects of it and no one, no one's really saying anything. No one in the corporate world is saying anything against the government narrative. No one, you know, position of influence, whether it be uh, the sporting people, I understand because I've said like AFL, NRL, they get special privileges. Um, they're allowed to fly in and out of States because they get a charter and, they can bypass all the extra quarantining that everyone else is doing because they're professional athletes. And the government said, you shut up and don't criticize anything we do ever. Otherwise you're gonna lose some of these privileges. So they're in a tough spot, I get that. But there's a lot of other people out there that can speak up that aren't. And mm. uh, I think we need we need more of those people to, to, to voice. And people will criticize me and say, well, it's easy for me to um, you know criticize and, and, and go after the government and the lockdowns and, and all that, because I've got money and I'm fine. I'm like, it proves my exact point. Exactly. And earlier, I don't need to. I don't need. I don't need this. I don't. I can go, go quietly in the night, mm. cash in the bank. I've got a nice house, um, and just not say anything and be like, oh, I'm fine. You know, um, good luck, small business. Good luck, everyone else. Mm. But mm. I just mm. felt like it was the right thing to do, and um, you know, people can have their opinion either way, and we can have a debate about it. Whether it, the fact that it opens up a debate is a good thing. It's just when it gets it gets abusive from from, from both sides. Sometimes even pro supporters of me get abusive with the other side. Mm. You know, you just got to have a nuanced debate and try to talk our way out of this a little bit. But it's getting it's getting to the point where talking is probably not going to be enough. And we do see protests arise. I, I mean, I'm not pro antium. I, I just don't think they accomplish much these days because straight away premiers and, and people out there will say. Well, this is the reason why we're locking down more is those protesters and they label them as, as all conspiracy theorists or anti-vaxxers. I know people that went there that, that are just small business owners that had enough. They hadn't gone to any of the other ones, right? Mm. And But as far as walking up and down the street, I don't think that accomplishes that much, but I understand their plight. They're like, mm. I've written a letter to my local councillor. I've wrote frantic Facebook posts abusing premiers and my concerns about my business. I've done um, selfie videos, video logs on Instagram. I'm not being heard. So their last resort is I'll just go to a protest. And I, I understand that. I, I don't, I think it's a democratic right to, to be able to protest. Um, and I, I totally get it, but it's just all, all, all it's kind of doing is dividing society now because you've got people that are anti it, people that are pro it, and it just continues to divide and conquer. We need to figure out a way um, to all kind of get on the same page. But the unfortunate answer to that is probably one that people don't want to hear. Yeah, and it's so true. And, and I agree, you know, the, the lack of debate on all of these topics, again, has been a huge shock to me. A few years ago, and I'm sure you'll agree, I, I, I would have sat back and said, this will never happen. People are just going to have a debate. They'll talk about it. You know, the, there's common sense will prevail. But the absolute opposite has taken place. And, um, and all we're seeing is mass fucking division right now. You know, people are turning on each other. People are classifying themselves as, I'm vaccinated, I'm unvaccinated, whatever it is, you know, it's just, it's just constant division. And so are you seeing that, I guess, you know, with the, with the, with the 
athletes and I guess celebrities and, and, and that element that you, you're aware of as well? I'm not so much in that circle. Athletes kind of just get on with whatever they need to do as, as yeah. you know, having gyms and stuff. You're kind of like, oh, if that's the box I need to tick to continue, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and I don't hold no gripes. I don't hold gripes about people that have had the vaccination. Mm. I don't hold gripes people that don't want to have it. I think it's your choice and I think it's your personal information. You should not be required to disclose that to anybody ever. Um, I'll die on that hill. But I get why people are getting it because some people are getting... I know people that don't want it completely are anti it but are going to get it because they're like i'm going to lose my job mm. um and i know people that are gung-ho the other way that are like you should get it at all costs and then i know people the other way that are like i'm not getting it under or any cost i'll lose my job if i have to right so that's your that's your right to do um but the fact that you got people saying now well if you're not vaccinated you'll be shunned from everyday life you can't do this um i think that's disgusting in in, in its own breath um I just think, like you said, the divide and conquer mentality, whether it's vax, no vax, whether it's, I've got friends that, that have mask exemptions for valid reasons. I've got a guy that, you know, gets gets faint and has lightheaded issues, so he can't, you just can't wear a mask. Mm. And it's then it's the whole, oh, that guy doesn't have one on, anti-mask. It's like, that's the division right there. Then it's, you're not social distancing properly. That's the division. You've got people like you got, you know, I mean, it's just, you're not doing the right thing and people getting reported, people dobbing on their neighbours for having visitors, you know, like it's just, you know, I could kind of see Australia going down that track back in the day because I feel like we were kind of, you know, unknowingly prepped to have that mentality of dobbing on each other and whatnot. I think it started like 20 years ago, in my opinion, back, I don't know if you remember the water restrictions. Do you remember when they they put in water restrictions in like, I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s? Yes. yes. I remember like, even my old lady was like, oh, the neighbor's watering. Because they used to give you days you could water. It was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at certain times. The neighbor's watering outside of their time. And I'm like, why do you care? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, it was ingrained. They didn't even know. It was being ingrained mm. by the media of like, I should dob them in. Mm. It's been ingrained over a number of years. So I'm not surprised we're at this point where mm. people are dobbing on each other. And, you know, um, it's just crazy. I've got, a, I've got a cop. I've got a friend that's a police officer. And he's like, the amount of calls we get from people dobbing on each other. You, go, wow. you, can't, you can't even... We can't even visit them all. We have to go on just a route and drive around. But like half of them are like, oh, I think someone is being visited by their grandparents. Uh, he's like, oh. and they don't want to do that. Most most police, you know, 90% of them don't want to do it. But the, the calls they get, he said, are just amazing. And it's just a shame we're at that point in society. Mm, I agree. And on that note, I just want to say, I think it's just the most un-Australian fucking thing to do is dubbing on someone for a grandma visiting you. I mean, come on, guys. Let's, uh, let's have a look at the world and, and start making a decision. I think, honestly, I hope that, you know, when this is all done, there's going to be some people that are quite embarrassed about how they potentially behaved amongst the hysteria. But uh, that's what I think we need to think about right now is when this is done and dusted, are you going to look back on this and be proud of how you, sh you know, showed up and, and what you said and how you behaved? Or are you going to be a little bit ashamed that you became driven by fear and you were dubbing on, you know, people for seeing their grandmas, for example. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think those people will. Mm. I, I really don't. I think it's become such a, everything's become so team politics and, and you're either, you know, we need to lock down the world and wait till this virus ends or there's people that are the opposite. It's like people are all in with their teams now. They follow their, their political team like it's a footy team or a basketball team and I think those people even 10 years down the track were like, yep, I did the right thing. And it only went longer because they weren't listening or that person wasn't doing this. So 
I'm kind of cynical with that. I think I don't think it's going to change people too much. I'd hope they're embarrassed with themselves the way a lot of people have acted and condoned themselves throughout this. I mean, we're, we're all human beings at the end of the day. It's like, you know, you're, you're abusing people um, in, a, in a shopping center. I got a funny story. So my mate went to a, my mate owns, owns a cafe, and um, he was just getting a few extra supplies from um, Woolies or Coles one night at like nine o'clock, right? And my mate doesn't wear a mask because he's got a medical exemption, whatever. Mm. Um, and there was a guy that he was walking with and next door or something like that. And he said, they just, they just started having a chat. I'm not sure why. And the guy was like, they were just talking about everything going on. And um, so my mate, mate's a bit of a smart ass and um, the guy had a mask on and he's like, he goes, you know, I'm talking about vaccinations. Have you got the vaccine? My mate goes, no, I haven't got it yet. The other guy goes, I haven't got it yet. He goes, no, he goes, I have, I have got it. He goes, why are you wearing a mask then? Mm. And he's like, the only reason I wear this mask is because I don't want to end up in jail because I know I know myself and I don't want to be dictated to by people and, and abused by people and looked at funny. Mm. I, have, I have a short temper and I'll, I'll do something stupid. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's not the right attitude to have, but he knows himself. Mm. It's like, I'm just going to wear it even though I don't have to. I have an exemption as well. Mm. So I just wear it because I don't want to deal with people's bullshit. And you're like, mm. there's a lot of those people out there that are on the brink, mm. right? throughout this as well that you know to talk about that are just ready to snap and mm. you know something violent could happen and i'm not excusing that but it's just an example of of what yeah. we're dealing with right now so true and i mean this is one of the reasons why i wanted to get you on mate because i just think there's so much shaming going on there's so much silencing going on and people you know people are, are looking at this saying hang on this is not right i don't i don't agree with this but i'm either gonna stay silent and and, and hide just because Again, people that are opinionated are again shaming or abusing or, or doing whatever. What's your what's your opinion on the censorship that's taking place? And you know, have you have you had an attempt to be censored yourself? And and what's your thoughts there? Oh, there's no doubt. Um, the majority are that. The majority are quiet and don't want to ruffle feathers. Mm. Um, and that's you know, it's not great, but you kind of understand people with, with businesses and, a, you know, whether you've got a brand or whatever, they don't want that backlash, but there comes a time where you need to stand up and say, Hey, this, this isn't right. Yeah. I might lose a bit of my bottom line money wise or my following or some customers. And I can live with myself at night and look in the mirror and say, I did something that was right. That I'm not knowingly doing something that I don't agree with. Right. Um, that's the hardest thing in life. It's like, everyone's got a mortgage everyone's got bills to pay and which which route do you choose and um have i copped it yeah i mean i just I believe i'm shadow banned right now on instagram um yeah. over the last couple of days people tell me you can't search they have to type in my name exactly perfectly to find me mm. uh, and I, I haven't even really posted anything controversial just been making fun of the things going on i haven't really said you know usually you see people get banned from from, from social forums for saying coronavirus doesn't exist go out there do this do that mm. like, I've said nothing of the sorts. I've just made fun of the situation of, of what the premiers are doing. I've actually repeated the premier's own words in a video I did the other day. I think that's what got me shadow banned. And yeah. there is some censorship going on, but if we can't discuss things in an open forum, that, that kind of tells you where we're at already. Um, but unfortunately, with social media, it's it's a it's a minority of, of voices that sound like the majority for the most part. Mm. You go out to the working class, go to an industrial area, go and ask people what's trending on social media, and they have no idea, nor do they care, right? Um, and it makes it feel like it's much bigger than it is when it isn't. It's 10, 15% of society at best. And they're generally cited. Mm -hmm. About 15%, 10, 11, 12% are 
are in the same thought bubble. So people like myself that have independent thought outside of team politics get smashed even more because you, you really stick out like dog's balls, right? Because you're like, hang on a second, you're, you're on these forums, you need to toe the line with, with the rest of our messaging. So I'm not, I'm not for censorship. The only censorship I'm for is if it's, um, you know, death threats and, and, and just horrid abuse is yeah. like, you know, you should feel the ramifications of that. But if it's your opinion on, on on the virus, how it's been handled, on different things, whether they're social, whether they're, you know, sexuality, race based, as long as they're not abusive and then you, and then your opinion, I think I think they're fine, in my opinion. I think you know, there's an argument to be had that even people with extreme views on different things, you want you somewhat want them out in the open because society will check them naturally. So if you put something out there that's just mind bogglingly stupid. You, you think it's a good thought or this is my take and you put it out there and a bunch of people say, mate, that's ridiculous. Like you've been X, Y, Z. That's not, not acceptable. That's abusive. You're going to be like, oh shit. Like you've been checked by society. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing now is we're banning that person. So we're banning you off social media platform. What do you do? You go into your own little, your own little network of voices that are all the same as yours. Mm -hmm. And you think you're doing God's work and no one ever checks you because you're, you're just in your own little bubble parroting the same shit. So there's an argument to be made both ways. Like I said, as long as it's not abusive, death threaty and that kind of stuff, mm. that I think society checks most of those people naturally. But we've even lost that, you know. Um, you know, who knows yeah. right or wrong there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, I think the censorship's been absolutely shocking. It's It's been uh, quite bizarre to see the extent that it's gone to. I mean, you've even got people in parliament getting kicked off yeah. social platforms, which to me is just mind-blowing. I mean, they, these guys are the, the, the representatives of of the people and even they are getting kicked off social media which is just it, it just drives me insane well, the big one is um i mean i'm not a huge trump fan i'm not i'm not anti him like most people i'm not a all-in fan at all i'm kind of i think he did some good things and some bad things in the office mm. but he, he's banned off most social media platforms yet the taliban has an account yeah like, that's fine you know you're just like no matter how much you hate trump yeah. whatever your thoughts are Explain to me how that's acceptable. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and clearly they've got the power to pick up on words, on voice, yet there's so much crime. There's so much hate crime going on. As you just mentioned, the Taliban's on there. Surely the powers that be in, in tech can get a better grip on things that actually fucking matter compared to censorship of, of what we're discussing here. But again, yeah, the, of pedophile, course, the pedophile rings online. Like, how that's can you, right. How can you not stop them? To this day, right? There's there's kids being, you know, trafficked and even yes. even photos shared on that has been on Instagram, that has been on Twitter, that has been on Facebook. That's all. That's been fine. That's all. That, oh, we found a few here. We're banned a few here, but we'll get on with it. Yeah, like, That's probably a bigger issue than someone being anti-vax or pro-vax or going to protest or not going to protest. But mm. it doesn't seem like it is. No, well, that's right. And I guess the dollar's not there either, is it? There's a, there's a big monetary push as well. Look, mate, before we wrap it up, you know, I just want to, I guess, with people sitting back and they're thinking, oh, I, I want to say something and I, I want to speak out against this. You know, they're, they're seeing people like you and me start talking about it. You know, are there others in your world, other celebrities, athletes, other people who've influenced it that don't agree and that are, I guess are starting to get the spark as well? I know for myself, I've lost a lot of followers at the start and I started, but I also started getting messages from, again, you know, people 
uh, like police officers and, and there's been some nurses and then there's been some politicians I speak to, you know, all starting to come out. They want to speak, a lot of censored. What have you found? You know, are there more and more people wanting to, to uh, I guess, speak their truth? Uh, there definitely is, but I understand the plight of a lot of people. Like I said, mm. if, if you lose your job, that's food on the table for your three and four-year-old kids. It's a tough situation that... I think the government and society has put those people in because they know like, hey, you want to keep paying your mortgage? You want to keep doing all that? You better toe the line. Um, you better not say anything anti what we're doing, anti policies. And now you got all these government agencies with bots that just, you know, I get, you know, post stuff on Twitter and especially about the Victorian government and you'll have about 40 Victorian bots just going at you for the next 24 hours. And they're all, it's my taxes paying for those people to abuse me, right? So it's obvious as day, they're all fake accounts, but that's why people are somewhat scared. Um, I have people doing it in subtle ways. Like I've had um, AFL players have liked a few of my posts. Um, so instead of, you know, they can't all out come and say, we agree with you, it is bullshit. Like we don't even agree with the privileges we get. They can't come out and say that, but a few have subtly liked posts. So they're kind of telling you like, I'm with you, but I can't be. Mm. And I get that too. I'm not, I'm not smashing them because they're in a tough position. I mean, they're trying to earn a living the same way as everyone else, but mm. I guess if you have the opportunity to stand up and it's not going to affect you too much, um, I would I would highly recommend doing it. Um, on the flip side, if it's going to cost you everything you have, you probably need to be a bit more strategic than putting your face to it. So it could be as you know supporting someone else that is doing it, um, funding certain charities to help people that are affected, whether it's a food bank or you know child protection um charities or stuff like that so there's, there's other ways to go about it but it is a tough one man it's not as easy as everyone just being able to have a voice like mine and come out and say say what they feel um at the end of the day what, what are they going to take from me i mean i don't i don't really care if i don't get another media deal or commentary deal or whatever it doesn't worry me at all i'm going to give my opinion and pe most people that work with me know that so i kind of have nothing to lose but on the flip side i'm probably the, the biggest i'm enemy number one for the government mm. for people because I, I can't be bought and i can't be silenced where they can say hang on if, if you if you don't shut up you're going to lose xyz it's like what are you going to take a podcast off me that i do for free anyway <laughs> like yeah. you're going to delete probably the next thing is delete my social accounts like so be it I'll, I'll get on with it i'll find a way um mm. but it is a tough one man answer your question it's real tough i, I understand people that are the silent majority that want to say something that are like shit. Like I've got a business that, you know, most of my customers are those pro lockdown people that, that think this is all the government's hundred percent right. And so it is, it is a tough one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Completely agree. Andrew, mate, I just want to say again, thank you for, uh, for what you're doing, speaking out again. It's great to see a warrior like you of your um, stature as well, you know, not giving a, an F about, the consequences, but but standing in your truth. And uh, man, hats off to you, dude. So again, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.